Dante, tell the kids what we're talking about today. All right, today we're talking about what you don't say to a photographer, to a videographer. You, stuff that is just kind of the unwritten rules of don't say it. it it's tricks of the trade that you learn along the way and you kind of learn what bugs you and what doesn't. And for a lot of us, it's a lot of the same stuff. And so we... Alyssa put out something on her Instagram story. We got some great responses, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to How We Shoot It, a podcast with two creatives who are just trying to figure it out. We talk about all things photo and video work, plus a few tips and tricks that we may have learned along the way. Here's the latest episode. Um, I'm going to pick my personal favorite. Um, so what's your real job? That one... <laughs> Whoops, we're getting hot right at the beginning here. So what's your real job? Sometimes I do understand this question because, like, sometimes this is a side gig for some people. Sometimes this isn't, like, their full-time job. But for me, I pretty much do this full-time. Between my literally full-time job as a creative director, which 75% of is video and photo work, um, and then the other 25% of the time I spend shooting weddings, seniors, couples, whatever, it is a full-time job, and I think people get hung up on the fact that you think it's just like, oh, they just shoot for eight hours or two hours or whatever it is, and then they're done. But what people don't see is the amount of time that goes into answering emails, writing up contracts, writing up invoices, picking locations, talking to the client to make sure you've got everything they need, shooting, culling, editing, exporting, and then sharing. And even... Even beyond that, there's the experience from your past of learning what locations are good, what is the best way to do this, how to photograph their like natural smile. Like the amount of work that you don't see in that two hours of shooting whatever is like 80% of your bill, essentially. Like it's it's a lot more work than just pushing the button and capturing what's going on in front of you and then putting it out to the client. So 90% or 90% of the time I'll give, you know, whoever's talking to me the benefit of the doubt that they're genuinely asking, like if I do this full time, but if your sentiment is not that, don't ask your photographer <laughs> that. That's, that's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I, that one, that one bugs me. Okay. We'll get it. <laughs> this one. Shout out to Marcus for this one. Can I get the raw files? Okay. I have done I've done one shoot that I have given them just the raws. I've not edited it and it was only because the lighting was perfect that day. Um it was a wedding reception in the summer of COVID, so they had their wedding with just family like somewhere in March, April, May of 2020 when everything was shut down. But then I think it was July they wanted to have their like reception and it was again not really that big but they wanted photos of it and so I went and took photos of it this was 2020 was still pretty early on in my career and so I shoot all of them I'd never shot a wedding I'd never photographed a wedding before I do a lot of wedding video work and at the end of it they tipped me like a hundred bucks and they said can we just get the raws and so between the generous tip and me really hating that they said that, I was like, you know what, 
sure. I don't really want to edit these. They look great in camera anyway. Whatever. I'll just, I'll just wash my hands of it. So there's only been one time that I've ever done that. I hate that question because it discredits you as an editor. And it also just shows like a lack of trust between the client and you. And it's the, uh, the last thing that, that is probably the, the biggest reason is it's not your, it's not 100% your brand. The photos, the compositions, your brand, the exposures, your brand, like that is your brand. But the editing is also a huge part of why clients hire you is how you can edit the photos and make them look in terms of coloring and things like that. There's a lot of great photographers and there's a lot of great poses that anyone can do, but the way you edit is pretty unique to you. And so for a client to not want that, is basically saying, you know, they, it's a lot of what the photo ends up to be. So it's really not your full representation of your brand. Cause if they screw up those edits, it comes back on you and it makes you look like you suck at editing. And so don't, don't ask for the raw files. Just don't. It's, it's like, it's asking for half of your homework to be done or like it's asking for half of a product basically you're cheating and it's not even that it's also just like a logistical nightmare like uh from just a file sharing size which i am constantly fighting because i do more video work than i do photo work but you guys it's 2022 and i promise you we have not really figured out a good way to upload and export and share big giant files and for those of you who might not know Raw files are just probably five times as big as a regular JPEG, so it takes a long time to, to upload them to your own computer, let alone to upload them and then to share them. Like, that's just, it's not a good part of your workflow. And just like what you said at the beginning of the episode about um, it being half the, what you see is half the work, like, most photographers, if they are passionate about what they do, have spent years cultivating their editing style. Um, obviously there are a handful of people that probably still go out and just slap a bot preset on their stuff, which is, you know, we're not going to talk about that today, but, um, but, <laughs> but 90% of your photographers have, do have a specific editing style that they have worked really hard to cultivate, that they have worked really hard to make look like them. So by not, yeah, exactly what you said, by not honoring that, you basically, paid for half a shoot and then that ends up not being worth anybody's time however I do see in the photography world where you swap raws like if like if I wanted a branding shoot and you were shooting it then you could give me the raws like if it's agreed upon beforehand in some sort of a way that doesn't contradict any of what we just said I get it but if you are the client and the photographer is shooting you should trust them to edit it the way that you want to edit it. And if you don't like their editing style, don't hire us. I'd rather have someone not hire me because I didn't fit what they were looking for than to hire me and then remind me, oh, by the way, I like this part of what you do, but not this part. Like, that hurts. Yes. And the editing, the editing part, the editing part is, is kind of personal. Like, I take pride in my style not being the same as like other people's styles and so a lot of the times I will like during a senior shoot or whatever I will vastly underexpose because raw files can handle 
pretty major adjustments. So I will underexpose so I can get details in the sky. If I were to give you that raw file, the subject would just be blacked out. You'd be able to see the sky, but the subject would be completely blacked out. And if you're not, an, if you don't edit in my style, you might not know how to expose that correctly and, and what I would do to make sure that the subject looks good, the sky's still in detail. Like, it just, the whole shoot and the editing and all that is one product and to get half of it would just feel incomplete and there's so much more room for error logistically and editing wise. It's just a, it's a nightmare to do. So don't, don't ask anybody, yeah. Don't ask. Okay, next, 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 next. Oh, it's okay that I just spilled on my dress because you can Photoshop it out. Let's talk about Photoshop. <laughs> Let's talk about Photoshop and fixing things that and fixing things post-production versus fixing them pre-production. Again, I do mostly video work, but I have had the case where I've had to, you know, fix faces. Take oh. off an outlet off a wall, things like there's still photoshopping things within video yes. as well. Yes, and it's just so we just went through the 10 steps of editing. In the 10 steps of editing, do I default, did I default to going to Photoshop? No. No. <laughs> um, I am kind of unique in that my style is definitely more uh, documentary than, like, pose and stuff like that. So probably majority of the time I don't mind, like, you know, if there is an outlet or whatever. <laughs> but, I don't um, see an outlet. Thank you, but for the most, like, a spill on a dress, or I had, I've had really hot, hot weddings where, like, the bride is wanting me to edit sweat stains out of the groomsmen. Some of that is borderline impossible. Like, you shoot what you get most of the time. Um, or, like, acne removal on seniors. I don't have a problem with that most of the time, as long as it's, you know, maybe agreed upon. And I get why someone would want that, and I completely understand, like, wanting your senior photos to be your best. But we do not charge or include in our packages that kind of work. And it's really tedious and it takes a long time. And honestly, you probably know more about it than I do since you do more photo work. So what's, what's your experience? Yeah, I, were, I started my whole, this whole career in Photoshop. So I'd probably say that's what I'm best at. And simple things like, oh, can you edit my watch tan line out for like a senior shoot, like a batch shoot? That takes, if you think about it, if it takes me five minutes to edit the skin tone of that watch, of that watch tan and put it so that it matches and looks cohesive and it doesn't bother, like, I'm very OCD about that stuff. So if I see it and I can still tell it's just a little bit off, I just like, I have to fix it. And so if that takes five minutes for every photo and there's a hundred photo, photos, that takes a long time. And so it's a simple fix in the moment, but at the same time, one, most of the time, it really is not that big of a deal and it really doesn't change the photo that much that it's worth my time. Two, if it's something that you're really worried about, maybe try and figure out a workaround it in the moment because there, it is always 100% of the time easier to do it in the moment than it is to go back and do it post-production because you're adding like fake elements, a fake part to the photo. And so that makes it way 
a way larger room for error than it does if you just, oh, okay, maybe I'll just wear a watch and get, and the watch tan will be gone. So it, it's a very tedious thing to do. It's not fun for anybody. And if you're doing stuff that's like a batch shoe, or like you have a, a ton of clips where you have to try and get the coloring right so that the sweat stains are removed, it takes up a lot more time than you think. Yeah, yeah. So not, not don't ever ask us, but just be mindful of what you're asking. And then if your photographer says like, oh, let's just take your watch off. Oh, okay. Just be cool with that. Like we are trying to help you look and feel your best during the shoot while also making you look and feel your best after the shoot. So yes. don't not ask, but just be mindful of what you're asking because sometimes it's, it's way more than you think it is, but Hey, that's okay. That's why we have this podcast. Yes. We we're know. here to, we're here to how we shoot it. How this is what this how whole thing is about. It. Yes, All right. exactly. All right. What have we got? Let's see another one. Um, okay. <laughs> I could do that if I had that camera too. No, <laughs> you couldn't. Um, <laughs> it, I, this, this is very personal for me. I've had several personal experiences where I have been just taken aback by someone saying that I'm just pressing a button, that it's easy. Like the knowledge that I had to get to, to even be able to understand why I was taking a photo instead of, yes, anybody can take a photo. But if you want it to look exactly how you want it to look, you got to know stuff. Yes, you have to study it, you have to learn, you have to fail and learn from that. You can't just take the pic you can't just look at what I'm looking at, click the button without knowing any of the settings, without knowing, you know, why I'm shooting up at this subject to make them appear bigger. You If you have a camera and you just take a picture, you can't know all that stuff just because you're holding the camera. I, that bothers me a lot. And, you know, yes, you can do more things with more expensive gear to an extent, but at the root of it, it's a creative part. And without understanding that whole sense, you're not going to be able to create the exact same images as someone who's seasoned in doing it. If you just have that camera. Yeah. It's definitely more of a technical skill than people think. However, I will play devil's advocate on this one because I definitely feel like I have seen a ton of improvement in the way that I shoot based on having better camera gear and equipment. Like, again, I still had to know how to expose a photo. I still had to know how to compose a photo. All that stuff that you do have to know. But there is definitely, like, I just keep talking in percentages today, like a 5% Yes, the better your camera, the better your shot. Now, if you have no idea how to manually expose a photo and you're using the world's best camera, no, you're not going to get the same photo that I'm going to get because you don't know what you need to turn up and off and on and all that good stuff. Um, but definitely better gear, unfortunately, does play a better part in better photos. Um, but so without that us. knowledge, without yeah. that knowledge, you can't, better gear doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like there's a certain cutoff where you have yeah. to know this to be able to improve with the gear getting better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So no, we didn't, we have not just shown up, you know, we maybe showed up one time to our very first shoot, not knowing exactly what we're doing, but. And we just snap away. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You just full send, get as many photos as you can. But no, we are not just showing up and and clicking a button and hoping for the best win when we get home with all of our uh, with all of our files. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, no worries. My grandma is just going to shoot candids on her iPhone, iPad, or Kodak film camera. Kodak. Oh. I'll let you go ahead and take this one away. <laughs> this is my biggest pet peeve, and it is because I always am shooting weddings, and there is always someone in the crowd who thinks that they um, are the paparazzi for the day. I have no problem with, you know, bridesmaids, grandmas, moms, whatever, wanting to capture behind-the-scene content for the bride, because I will be the first to admit, Obviously, it's going to be a few weeks, if not a few months, before you get your final product back. I totally understand wanting to, like, wake up the next day and have photos from the day that you can post on Instagram that you can, like, that you can have for memories. I get that. But that does not mean that you should follow the tales of the photographer and videographer and get the exact same shots on your iPhone or iPad. Number one it gets in the way and makes, like, sometimes there will be four of us following a bride around all day long. Like, it's already, I am embarrassed by myself. <laughs> when there's four of us, I'm like, wow, this is a bit much. Like, obviously, I want to be there and we need to do it that way, but I'm like, man, in the, like, 1950s, we were just having weddings and getting married and it was great, and now there's a whole, like, paparazzi crew. Whatever. That's just... You remembered your wedding in your head. Yes, and so, but so I love that there's four of us capturing all that, that, but again, there's four of us. I promise you, the angle that you want and that you're trying to get with your iPhone or whatever, we're getting it, and we're getting it probably better looking than what your iPhone is going to do, going back to knowing how to expose and manually shoot and all that stuff. And portrait mode is not the same as having a shallow depth of field on a camera. I'm sorry. It's not. Please use manual. Please just trust me. Learn manual. None of the settings. I don't even know what... And the only camera settings I know are manual video, manual photo. I don't know what AV means. I don't know what portrait means. I don't know what auto means. And it's because I don't need to because I am trained and I, and I know what manual does. So it's not, it's not that we... No, I get annoyed. Or like the famous, the famous, you know, grandma stands up at the beginning of the kiss mm -hmm. and ruins the shot. It happens, you guys. It happens five times out of every 10 weddings I shoot. The photographer has to ask somebody to get out of the aisle to get the shot. And I just get confused because I see this on Facebook every week by basically all my brides asking their family members not to do that. And then you still do it. So I just want to know where are you, where's your head at when you make that decision? Where's your? It is comical to me some of the seniors that I will shoot where, and parents are just caught up in the moment. They're emotional senior shoots, whatever, and they're like, "Oh, this looks so great!" He, like they're posed perfectly, and they snap a pic on their iPhone like over my shoulder, and I'm like, <laughs> "I just did that. Like you're going to see that, but better." What's that photo there? Like, what you doing there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I understand, yes, you want to capture it, whatever, but we, like, there's a professional hired for this. Yeah. We know what we're doing. We'll get the shot. Like, just trust us that we are competent yes. and that we will get, 
your product the way you want it, looking good, like, yeah. So good, so good. Okay, let's see. Let's scroll here. Okay, we talked about this beforehand. You can do that for free, right? The most valuable thing in a person's life is their time, no matter what. And it is the one thing that nobody can get back of, like sp spending time. I, I always equate this when I'm hanging out with friends. Like I am choosing to make this evening, this day, whatever, to be with my friends and I will never get this back. Like that should show that you like you mean a lot to me, whatever. So if someone is coming out, we this kind of goes back to editing out watch tan lines. If I'm going to spend five minutes per 100 photos, to edit out your tan line, yes, that is time that I could be spending getting other things done, that I could be spending going out and getting more clients. So if I charge for that, it, that, that should be respected. And I feel like that is not just a photographer thing, it's an everything thing. If you ask someone to come into the office for an extra morning or something, come in a couple hours early, stay late, you should be compensated for your time. And so when you get, like, if you just get asked like, oh, can you just do this for free? Like, no, we can't. It's, again, we're not just clicking a button, we're not just showing up, like, our time is the most valuable thing that we have, and I do not feel like any service, product, whatever, should be assumed that it is a freebie or whatever. Like. It's, that's just not the way the world works. And if, if I can spend that time making money and chances are I'm going to go take that job and not do like, just do a freebie. So. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is a space and time in a creative's career where you have to take those free gigs, but it's at the beginning and it's when you're trying to garnish experience. Um, and even then I think that if you want to, you know, step foot in this world, I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with just charging a discounted price. Like, I don't think I've maybe done two or three fully free gigs, but it's because I'm literally donating my time and then using it as a tax write-off. And that's not to be selfish. That's not because I feel like I'm worth more. Like, it's just because I know how much I have put into this. And it's not, again, it's not just me waking up on a Tuesday, rolling out the door in basketball shorts and a hoodie and going out there to film. Like I'm working. Um, I'm really putting my best foot forward. I like, I really am working hard to be here. So yes, at the beginning, if you have like newbie friends who are trying to get into it, that's maybe a good place to start if you're looking at some discounted prices or if you're trying to save money. But on the by and large, you know, if you're wanting to hire someone who has a business who for sure does this to make money, like respect them and respect their business because like at the end of the day, your shoe puts groceries in the fridge. Like that's so weird to think about, um, but it's true. Like it's no different than if, yeah, you'd go into the office and your boss is like, hey, I need you to stay 10 extra hours this week out of the kindness of your heart nobody would do that. Like, that's just, you wouldn't do that in an office. You wouldn't do that at a work from home. You wouldn't do that with a creative. So just keep that in mind that, um, photographers are constantly spending their time 
in other places. Like the amount of Saturday stuff I've missed because I'm shooting a wedding. It's just part of it. Like, and we're fine with that. But just don't assume that we're just doing this for funsies and it's it's for free. Yeah. Just don't. Two things. One, are you throwing shade at me with the basketball shorts comment? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> because I am a lot of the time, basketball shorts today. Well, I'm just saying it felt a little personal. <laughs> it shouldn't feel personal. I am I am 100% business okay. on top, party on the bottom. Okay. Two, yes, that I just think that even it like I did a lot of free stuff in the beginning just because I just wanted to do it and I just like I just wanted to get my foot in the door, do all that thing. But I still feel like now like looking back I'm like I still spent my time doing that and no, it wasn't, the product wasn't worth very much money, but my time is still worth money at the end of the yes. day. So for my first couple family photo shoots, I charged $20 mm -hmm. and I was like, That's okay, good. maybe we can start charging like 50, $50. Yeah. And so I understand the working for free to begin with, but, and I did it, but looking back, I think your, your time is worth something no matter yeah no matter yeah. what, whether you're just starting out or not. Yeah, so let that be an encouragement, photographers. If you're new out there, you are worth more than free. I promise. Your time is worth more than free. It's Dante and I talk about this all the time, and it's an episode for a later date. It's really hard to price yourself and to assign value to time, which at the root of it is priceless. So you're worth more, I promise. All right, this one is, uh, it's not really what you say, but it's something that uh, people just do that's just kind of a pet peeve. Uh, crops out your watermark, slaps an Instagram filter on it. Um, I, if people pay me for shoots, I usually, I don't watermark them. I watermark some on my website, which is still probably not even necessary, but um, the, the, in, the Instagram filter part bugs me. And this goes back to our, our editing kind of question where the edit is part of our, like it's part of our product. It's part of what we put pride in and what we spend a lot of time on and feeling discredited by an Instagram filter labeled slumber is not really, it doesn't give me the best feeling when I see, oh, that's not at all the edit that I put out. And chances are if you double layer and edit, it looks overdone. And so it, again, it goes back to just kind of, we put this, a lot of time into this product, a lot of, you know, energy and effort to try and make it look the best that we can put out there. And these Instagram filters are like 10 years old. So there's kind of a, just like, you know, do, if, if you wanted to go take that photo, just like go take it, slap the Instagram filter on it and post it. But these are professionally edited photos that we took the time to create and craft for you to just be ready. Like you have to do nothing with them except look at them, post them, print them, whatever. Yeah, um, I think for me that more than the annoyance, because it is annoying, is just giving credit where credit is due. Um, almost all my referrals come from word of mouth. And so us creatives spend a lot of time that we honestly, you guys, don't want to spend on social media promoting ourselves. That little reel that's going around that says, Instagram wants reels. And I don't want to make reels, but since it's the only way to get my content out there, I'm posting one. That is 
true across the board. We hate promoting ourselves. It is cringy, it is uncomfortable, and it is awkward, but it's the only way to get business. And so having our clients discredit us sucks. And in fact, in my contract, I ask that I get credit because, um, because I want it, because I worked for it, because at the end of the day, like I am the one that shot and edited it. So just give credit where credit is due. We really appreciate it. And like we, I know it sounds like we get annoyed all the time, but I love my clients. I do. And so when they share my stuff, it just makes me feel good because I know that at the end of the day, they were happy with the end product. And that's all I want. Like, I just want my clients to love, love what they get. And so. Yes. And yeah, there's always a part of a job that you don't like. And at the end of the day, we talked about this last episode. We like, we love what we do. I love working with like all these great kids and parents and all these different things. And it's stuff that, you know, a lot of it is just kind of subconscious. Like you don't really think about like a parent taking a photo because she's so like in love with the framing and the, like the color and stuff. You're not trying to show me up, discredit me, whatever. It's just stuff that photographers when they get it in in volume starts to just kind of get pet peeves to us so not well it'd be no different than it'd be no different than you know you're in the boardroom and you have an entire team of marketing who has worked on a project and then one person takes all the credit for it like it just is so uh, we talked about in the last episode being a creative is just so personal to who you are that it's hard not to get emotional about it. So yes, we say all this. It's tongue in cheek. It's how we shoot it. We promise we have no one out there that we're like, oh, this is for you. It's funny to hear these same problems from photographers across the board. Like I said, we didn't come up with any of those. Those were all from you guys. So thank you for playing along. Thank you for submitting your answers. Um, they obviously got us all really good and all fired up. Um, but that's what this podcast is about. It's about getting a little fired up about the things that we love. <laughs> well, that's all we've got for you guys for this episode. We've got lots of ideas like this um, going forward. Lots of crowdsourcing answers, lots of funny anecdotes. Um, so hopefully you enjoyed this episode and we will be back in two Fridays after Dante and I go on a quick vacation. Vacation's much needed. It's been a busy summer and we're glad you guys are sticking around. So that was How We Shoot It, episode two. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks.